but I watched that right away. I thought of Father's Day because what better way to uh, demonstrate how powerful the presence of a father can be, just like a mother, just like so many things that uh, when there's distance, you know, I mean, how, how powerful is that to see what happens when you come back onto that, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And so today, what I want to do that I think is we did this for mothers. I want to do the same thing for fathers. I just want to stop and pause and say a quick prayer of blessing for fathers today. Would you join me in that as we pray? God, I thank you for Father's Day. I thank you for an opportunity to honor fathers. Um, And as we cry, as we look at some incredible moments, God, of people coming together, it's because you have created us to be in relationship with each other and the love that we can that we can have and that we can feel. And so, God, I just pray for today, I pray a special blessing upon fathers. I pray that you would help us as fathers to be leaders, to be strong, to be who we need to be in you, God. That we would love abundantly and that we would lead boldly and strongly. And I pray just that extra dose of blessing. And God, we, we do recognize, I know just like with Mother's Day, with the Father's Day, it can be hard uh, for some of us. Some of us I know have recently just, just lost our fathers uh, in this room. And, and I know that some of us, just, it's just different, uh, a difficult dynamic because of fathers sometimes. God, I just want to pray a special blessing for them. I pray for peace and comfort for them. But more than anything, I just, I just thank you for the opportunity for us to honor fathers today. I pray that today we would just be willing and able to do that. And God, on Father's Day, I pray that we would help help us to honor you, our ultimate heavenly Father. And may we just receive blessing from you, and may we return the love to others and back to you as you want us to. And I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, today, it's very fitting that we are talking about a topic that fits with Father's Day really, really well. Uh, Because today, we are talking about growth. We're talking about growing. And uh, and we're not talking about physical growth. We're not talking about growth as a human being, as as a citizen of the United States, or, you know, whatever kind of growth we could talk about. We're talking about spiritual growth. Growth in our relationship with Christ, our relationship with God. Probably the best and most important growth that we can have. And we're going to talk about that in, in, today in this. And we're in this series called Living the 4G Life. And today's all about grow or growing. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. There's a guy named Peter. He was one of the 12 disciples, walked and talked with Jesus on earth. How cool would that be, right? I mean, literally, he's right there. I know we have his presence all the time and all that kind of stuff, but I think it was probably a little bit different for Peter and some of the disciples because they would, like, hang out, you know, and they would talk and they would walk with him and they'd see all these things with their own eyes. And so Peter was one of those guys, and he wrote two books in the Bible, a couple of books in the Bible, First and Second Peter, not surprisingly, is what we call them. And in Second Peter... Peter writes about spiritual growth. He writes about the relationship that he has and that we should all have with Jesus, with God. And uh, I wanted to share that. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to go verses 5 to 7. But before I get there, just want to set it up a little bit. 
Peter has just written about the fact that God has given all of us, you and I, every person, he has given gifts and skills and abilities that we need in order to grow in our relationship with God. Okay, All of us have it. No matter who we are, we all have the promises and the gifts and the tools. God has already given it to us to be able to grow in our relationship with him. And so he explains that, says, in all of that stuff, God has given you these things. And then he goes into verses 5 through 7 where he talks about growth. Let's look at it. He says, in view of all this, all the, the fact that God has given you these promises and these tools, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Wow, what a list. I don't know about you, but I read that list, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's, that right there is a sermon series in the making. You know, that's like several weeks worth. And no, I'm not going to try to squeeze it in one morning this morning. That's, some of you had a fear on your face. No, we're not going to squeeze it all in this morning. But what I do want to talk about is what the essence of this is. We can't unpack this whole thing this morning. But let's talk about what in essence is this talking about. It's talking about growth. It's talking about growth. Talking about change. Getting better in certain areas of our life, and in our relationship with Christ, with God, and with other people. He's talking about growth. So what I did is I took this idea, and I put it into a phrase that I want you to remember. It's very simple, and it's kind of cheesy. But you wouldn't expect anything less from me, right? You, you get that from me now, right? You're like, well, that's just a given. Grow, don't keep status quo. Grow, don't keep status quo. Easier said than done, isn't it? But that's the phrase I want to just resonate with you today. Grow, don't keep status quo. Some of us here might be thinking, because I did (laughs) earlier in the week, why grow? What is the big deal with getting better? What is the big deal with change in our relationship with God? Isn't it okay just to go to church sometimes? Isn't it okay to just throw up a few prayers every now and then? Isn't that okay? Aren't I good? And I would say, no. Neither am I. None of us are. Grow, don't keep status quo. The reason is, why? Well, there's a big reason. Why do we do anything we do? Why do we grow in your job? Why do you grow as a student at school? Well, I mean, one reason is because you fail, you know, right? That's, that's a big thing. Great. The teachers are kind of like, uh, no. And we have rubrics for this stuff, right? And in our job, you have to grow into it. You know, if you're still using, you know, this, that, and the other, whatever, then you have to adapt and change to how the, the job place and how the workplace works, don't we? We have to grow into that in order to be effective and, and, and helpful in whatever we're doing. We have to grow. But with our relationship with God, sometimes it's not as clear. So why do we do that? The reason is because we know that there's a long-term investment. There's a return. And Second Peter, verses 5-7, through 7, talk about the growth. But then verse 8, Peter tells us why we need to grow. He gives us the why, which is really helpful for somebody like me, because I'm going, that's really cool. 
but what's the, what's the deal? Why is it important? Let's read verse 8. This is what it says. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's in the New Living Translation. That's the translation we usually use. I like a, a different version better. So I want to give it to you. The English Standard Version. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, or in other words, if you're growing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in your knowledge of our Lord. So why grow? Because, and both of these verses are saying the exact same thing, they're just saying it in different ways. Essentially what it's saying is, grow, if you grow spiritually speaking, then you will produce good fruit. If you do not grow, then you will be unfruitful. That is, in essence, what it's saying, is it not? Okay? But it's saying it in different ways, but essentially that's what it's saying. Grow and you will produce good fruit. Do not grow, stay the same, and you will not produce good fruit. You'll be unfruitful. It'll keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in your relationship with Christ. So, some of you might be wondering... Again, this is, you, get, you get a glimpse into my mind every day or every week, don't you? But you might be wondering, what kind of fruit are we talking about? Apples, oranges, mangoes, you know, kiwi? What are we talking about? We're talking about spiritual fruit. And Galatians 5 gives us what the fruit is that we are seeking in our lives. Some of you don't realize you're seeking this, <laughs> but we are. We all do because God has put it in us that we desire these things. We have a hard time finding them sometimes, but we all desire these things. Let me read this list to you. These are spirit, spiritual fruit things that come from God only. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are things that we long for. These are things that we try to foster in our children. Some days we're really good at it. Some days we're not. <laughs> you know, I, 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 know, I know there are some days that I, I work on this with, you know, Jackson and Hannah. And some days, you know, I see some of this. And sometimes I'm like, I, I just need to stop. <laughs> I'm done. This is hard to foster, isn't it? Because it takes a lot of change, a lot of growth. But this is the kind of fruit that we're talking about. I wanted to find that before we get too deep into this. Um, as I was looking into this message, I was looking at... Um, Jesus talks about fruit in, on a fig tree all the time. I don't know if you've, if you've looked at Jesus and he uses illustrations and practical um, you know, symbolism and all this kind of stuff all the time in the Bible when he's talking about this. And he'll pick a, a piece of fruit off. He says, you see this? This applies to your life in this way. I mean, that's what he does. He constantly parallels everything that was around him and he made it practical. And Jesus was doing that constantly. Well, one of the things that he used constantly was a fig tree. And so I was researching this because I was wondering about fruit on a fig tree and using one of the passages. God decided not to have us use one of those passages today for whatever reason. But in researching that, I came across an article on a fig tree that I thought was very interesting. The article gave three reasons that a fig tree does not produce fruit. Three reasons that a fig tree will not produce fruit. And it was very interesting because as I read that article, I realized... It is exactly the same three things that keep us from growing fruit in our spiritual lives. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Lord. You can use Google. That's awesome. <laughs> Seriously. 
That's awesome. I was like, no way. I was the first one up there. First article. I was like, this is perfect. And, he, and, and I, I really believe that God had this parallel all set out. I really do. So I want to share you with you the three reasons that a fig tree does not produce fruit. And I'm not sharing this because I want you to be better gardeners or botanists. Okay? I'm sharing this because it has incredible parallels to our spiritual lives. The first reason a fig tree does not produce fruit is because it has not fully matured. It hasn't come of age yet. It hasn't gotten to the point where it can produce fruit yet. Now, how does this apply to us spiritually speaking? Uh, we might right away think, okay, I just need to get a little older. Or I need to walk with Christ longer. That's not necessarily the case, is it? Okay, this does not have to equate with age. It can, it can, and it does sometimes, but it doesn't always. Because, l- let, me, let me see if this is true for you guys, but this has been my experience. I have known a lot of children who are incredibly spiritually mature and are producing fruit in their life and in other people's lives long before I've seen adults ever have it happen. Would that be, have you seen that? That's probably true. I had, there was a kid in a VBS years ago now. I wasn't actually part of this VBS, but uh, this is some friends of, I that, friends of mine that were putting on this VBS. And they had this challenge through the whole week. And the challenge was you, you did all these different things, and it was just, you got points and all this kind of stuff. It was just a fun challenge thing for the kids to do. And this one boy... Um, he put everything he could into this challenge. I mean, he was memorizing Bible verses. I can't remember all the things, you know, that they had to do. All these things. And they had this big challenge. He did everything because he just loved Jesus and he loved God. His, his relationship was just that way where he just, he wanted to do this challenge, but he also had this little side thing that, hey, you get to win this great prize that they haven't revealed yet, but it's this big prize at the end of the week. Well, this, this particular boy, he worked really hard for this because he loves, loved God. And, uh, and he got to the end of the week, and, and then they revealed, because he had won, this, this uh, brand new bike. That he won a brand new bike at the end of this week. I mean, that's a huge deal for a boy okay, in elementary school. And he saw what it was, and, you could, and then the, my friends were telling me, you could see on his face he was working through in his mind and his heart what's, what's gonna, something wasn't right. He was excited, but he wasn't quite excited like he should be. And, and so what he did is he actually went over to the person that was giving away the bike, and he said, you know, I already have a bike. And so it's old, it's beat up, but I, it, it works. And so I want to give this bike to somebody who doesn't have a bike. Talk about spiritually mature. Seriously. I know many of people who are way older than that that would never think of that. <laughs> And, and the spiritual maturity of that kid, do you think that that was producing fruit for somebody else? Especially for the kid who received that new bike. Even though he deserved it, he gave it away freely. And so spiritual maturity does not necessarily equate to age. It can, but it doesn't necessarily. Spiritual maturity does have more to do with what are you investing your life in? Into things of God or to other things? And where that maturity comes in. It's not, and it's also, by the way, I have to mention this. Spiritual maturity is not like you've arrived, you know, in your relationship with God. Like, okay, now I'm good. Whew. You know, I've been to church 51 times out of 52 this year. So I am good. You know, I can, in fact, January and February, I can take off, you know. Or whatever we think, however our thinking goes with our, with our relationship with God. 
You know, it's not an arrival. It's just simply a place where we are producing great and good fruit in our lives on a consistent basis. So what is the solution if we feel like maybe we're not, you know, haven't achieved that point in our lives or in a relationship or wherever we're at with God where we're producing a lot of fruit? What, what is the solution? The solution is simple. Invest in growing with God. You need to invest more in things that are going to help you grow your relationship with God. A lot of people ask and say, well, how do I hear God? How do I, how do I know, you know what he's saying to me? How do I know? Well, the, the, the biggest thing by far is that you have to be in relationship with him. You have to connect with him in ways that are not normal things that we do in everyday life. You can't just take your shower and uh, drink your coffee and, and go th- to work and then come home and feed your children and then watch a couple TV shows and then go to bed and then expect to, to, to connect with God. Because God does want to connect with you, but you need to, to connect with Him. Right? Just like if we did all those things and we never talked to our family, how, how would, we be able, would we know what was going on? Laura says, I don't know what's going on even though I am part of the family and connected with them. <laughs> That's fairly true. That's why one day, you know, out of the year when we have Father's Day, it's like, yes, woo! we can just feel like, yeah, we could just do, you know, nothing <laughs> if we want to. That's awesome. But we have this connection thing, and with connection with God, spiritual maturity is only going to build if we connect with God on a regular basis. If we invest in the things, reading our word, reading the Bible, uh, praying, talking to and listening for God. As you pray more and more, you'll realize that less talking is required and more listening is. Um, fellowship, like we're doing here on a Sunday morning, life groups that we have going on throughout the week, community projects that we do in Wanaki. Whatever the case is, connecting with God and what he wants to do in your life and in others' lives. That will connect you more and more with what God is doing and what he wants you to do. And you'll get more of his heart. And you will be more connected and you'll build that spiritual maturity. You'll grow. The second reason a fig tree does not produce fruit. This was a very interesting one to me. Is because it has too much nitrogen in the soil. Too much fertilizer, too much nitrogen that's feeding into it. And this was, this was kind of a new thing to me. I didn't, I didn't realize this. But if we parallel this from a fig tree getting too much nitrogen, what are we getting too much of? And this, one, this one's a, a term that we don't like, but this is what we get too much of. It's called sin. Sin is our nitrogen. We feed ourselves sin, right? Because we enjoy it. And sin, we have, it could be habits, it could be things that we do, it could be things that we don't do, whatever it is. But sin is our nitrogen. And what it does is nitrogen actually chokes out the fruit in a fig tree. In the same way, sin chokes out the fruit in our lives. Even if we're trying to produce fruit, we may not see the fruit because of the sin. And a lot of times, more often than not, the sin simply blocks it so that we can't produce fruit even no matter how hard we try. And I've seen this even in my life as well many times and uh, where I've gone through times where I'm just not connected with God on a regular basis and I'm trying to do good, you know, I'm trying to help people and, and it just doesn't seem like it's working. Like people are just not thankful for it, they don't care, you know. And, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm coming across wrong, I'm like trying to help somebody and they're like, 
you're a jerk. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I was trying to do good. And, and I've struggled with it, and I've realized, and I still have a long way to go on this because I miss it a lot. My wife has to call me out on these things. But I've realized a lot that those times I am not connected with God, and so therefore I'm doing good things, but I'm not connected with God. I'm not doing things for God. I'm just doing good things. And in our society, we think those are the same thing. And guess what? They are not the same thing. Spiritually speaking, they're not the same thing. Good things connected with God, good things. Good things are just good things. Good things connected with God, spiritually speaking, will produce fruit. That's what the Bible's saying. Whether we believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. And so this is one of those things. So if we have too much sin in our life, in our heart, in our, in our habits, and in our life, what do we need to do? It's very simple, right? Just like you would do with a plant. If it's getting too much nitrogen, what do you do? You take the nitrogen out. Get rid of it. So for us, we get rid of sin. We have to get rid of sin. We have to get serious about it. And for a lot of us, I don't know about you, but I know I've had to do this. I still work at this in my own life. But for most of us, probably getting rid of sin means getting rid of the things that lead us to sin. We have places, we have people, we have situations, and we have times in our day when we typically sin. And yet we enjoy those times and those people and those places, and yet we still go there even though we know where it's going to lead. Isn't this the truth? I know I'm not weird like different than everybody else on the planet. <laughs> I know this is true for me. And so the question becomes, what do we need to change? And I know this is uncomfortable because we don't like to talk about sin. You're that, well, you're saying there's something, there's sin. And, you know, I get that. But we have to get serious about getting rid of the nitrogen that's choking out our lives. Because this may be the one big thing that's blocking your relationship with God. This may be why you don't hear him or feel him near get rid of sin get serious about it change those things that lead you to sin and then that will open the door for you to grow grow don't keep status quo in essence we know there's got to be changes i know believe me i've got a whole list of changes that i know that i still need to make in my life and you know what? There's a whole other list that God hasn't even showed to me yet, you know? He's like, here's the next scroll, you know? Here you go. And, oh, wow, I thought I was doing pretty good. And, okay, okay, you know, work some more. But God wants us to constantly grow because he knows at the end, when we, if we grow, the fruit we can produce in our own lives and for other people is going to be powerful and amazing. All right, the third and final reason that a fig tree does not produce fruit is something that is called water stress. I've heard of this dynamic before, but I didn't know it was called that. I didn't know we had a term for it. But it's called water stress. And water stress is very simple. There's two ways that you can give a plant or a fig tree water stress, and it will not produce fruit. Too much water or too little water. (laughs) And that's always been the hard thing for me. I'm like, how much does this plant need? I don't know. You know, and, and so that's, that's water stress, and it chokes out the fruit if it gets too much water or too little water. And so what is this in our life? Well, it's pretty simple. If you look at those two dynamics, first thing is too little. There are so many people that simply do not connect with God at all or, or very little or on, a, on an inconsistent basis, right? We go through whole seasons of time, myself included. I've done this as well. College was one of those for me. 
I went through a season of life where I, I really did not invest in God basically at all. If I were to be just brutally honest. I went to church most Sundays, but I didn't invest in anything meaningful. I cert- my prayer life was just kind of, eh. I just, I didn't open my Bible very often. It was, it was, I was spiritually just status quo, stagnant. And we go through those times and a lot of people, sometimes those seasons drag on into years and then those years drag on into decades and all of a sudden, God, they don't even have a clue who God might be. And we have too little water. And you know what? I think what happens is we become so spiritually dehydrated <laughs> that we get to the point where we don't even realize we're dehydrated. This is an interesting statistic. Did you know that most of the time when you're hungry, it's not because you're hungry, it's because you're dehydrated? Have you heard that? I thought that was pretty amazing. And so I've been drinking more water, and it's actually true. <laughs> you know, I was like, I need a granola bar, you know. And I start drinking water, I'm like, actually, I'm good. You know, and it's, it's helpful. The same way, spiritually speaking, sometimes we're so dehydrated we don't realize, and we try to fill it with other things. And God says, all you need is me, I can sustain you. The other side of that is, <laughs> and this is a hard one to parallel, but it, I, I believe it is true. Sometimes we're guzzlers of God. We get too much, right? And how can you have too much of God? Well, yeah, I don't think you can. But here's how I think this dynamic works. Because I've, I've, a lot of people, working with a lot of people, this is, this is probably a lot of times how it goes. If you haven't been to church in a long time, and then all of a sudden you go back, and, and then you go and you go like, there's people that go on Easter and Christmas. Right? And they go, I need more God. Oh, awesome candles and incense and we're singing about a way in a manger and blah, 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 you know? That's what it is, spiritually speaking. Oh, you know, I need to make it last until Easter. And then Easter to Christmas is a long stretch. So Easter, we like, bring it on. You know, and that's, I think, why people are so intense about picking the right church because it's like, I need to be spiritually fed because it's been a long time. Right? And we guzzle. What happens when you guzzle water or another drink way too fast and too much? Uh, I think this is what happens, spiritually speaking, with God. It's not that we can get too much God. (laughs) No. It's that we are overwhelming ourselves and we're trying to make God in one moment last for weeks or months or, shall I say it, years. A couple of times on a Sunday is not going to work. It just won't. We are guzzlers. And again, I would do that in my college years. I I did some of that. I guzzled and I was like, okay, I'm good for a few weeks. And we get this mentality that our relationship with God can be guzzle, stop, guzzle, stop, you know, and all this stuff. Have you heard that, you know, if you trickle water onto a plant, it's better if you, rather than how I water plants, And then next, you know, in a couple of days, I'd think about it again. I'm like, oh, they haven't been watered. You know, and the plant, I'm sure, is going, you know, and then the water just seeps through and goes past the roots and the the plant's going, ah, oh, man. You know, the roots are going, oh, I missed it. Right? And they say, trickle the water on the plant. Let it seep in. Let it seep into the roots. And I think the same thing is, spiritually speaking, for us. So what is the solution? 
The solution is very simple again. Grow consistently. We need to be consistent in our relationship with God. We can't like, woo, yay, God! Uh, yay, God! Uh, right? This back and forth mentality of, we're going to go to church for this, this week, but now it's summer, so we can't. We're going to go to church in the, or I'm going to read, you know, there's some people that, you know, they've, they've talked to me about this. They open their Bible for the first time, you know, and they tried to read like a whole book in one sitting. I've tried to do that too. I, I mean, I don't know about you. I struggle with that. A whole book and one, you know, and so they're like, they haven't opened it in, you know, three years. And they're like, I'm going to read Zephaniah. Awesome. You know, or Leviticus, the laws of Moses. That's going to be awesome. You know, and they try to read a whole book in one sitting. You know what would be better? Seriously? Read one or two verses every day. Try that. Seriously, try that. Read a couple of verses every day. If that's all you get, and you just, just a verse or two a day, let God's truth seep into you, seek into you every day, and see if that doesn't change a little bit. And it's not going to happen like, like that. You're like, you read the verse and then tomorrow like, whoa, God is awesome. And fruit is growing like crazy. People love me. But it slowly will change. It'll slowly change. And then all of a sudden, a year later, you realize if you do that consistently, you realize your perspective, your outlook on life, you have grown significantly. Consistent, everyday Stuff is way better than, and then, oh, I'm sick, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm good until Christmas. Right? We know that that's not right, but we still try to do it that way. We like to flip the switch. On, off, on, off. One more thing, one last thing, and this I'm going to wrap up with this. One last thing I learned is, that if you use fertilizer and nitrogen for your plants, and specifically for a fig tree, if you give it a lot of nitrogen, you know what will actually happen? The tree or the plant actually looks a lot healthier. It looks a lot healthier. The, green, the leaves will become more green because it increases the chlorophyll or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, okay, I'm not a botanist. Uh, you, you knew that already, didn't you? But it increases the greenness of the leaves and it increases the leaf structure. It increases how many leaves and it increases that ability. But it does not make the plant healthier. It actually kills the fruit. The nitrogen kills the fruit. Makes it look healthier, but it kills the fruit. And I think that this is probably the most significant dynamic in our spiritual lives. Heard of the way of God. The question is, what's root structure what are we investing in and how big is our root structure? How big is our foundation with God? I put this, this picture together and this shows this. On the top, it may, the, look, the tree is exactly the same. It may look exactly the same. We may look the same to people on the outward appearance. We have smiles on our face. We may look the same. We dress like this and we put ourselves together and we make sure our families are behaving and all that kind of stuff. Lord, I do the same thing. And we make ourselves look a certain way. But really, then, when you start to dig and look at the spiritual life, the connection with God on a regular basis, then that's where the root structure is. That's where the foundation is. 
And the question is, which root structure would you say describes your relationship with God? Would your root structure be more like the one on the left or one on the right? Which one would, it, would, would really define your relationship with Christ? Because we can do all we want to make ourselves look good, but you know, do you know what actually determines what the root structure is underneath? You know what reveals it? Storms. When a major storm comes along, which one of those trees has the better chance of surviving? Right? And the same is true in our lives. We have storms. We have hard times. We have different things that come in our life. And what will determine how we come out of that storm is going to be based on our spiritual root structure in our lives, what we've invested in consistently for a long time. So what is the root structure like? The question becomes for all of us, what are you investing into your root structure? What are you investing into your spiritual life? Are you investing into your relationship with God? Sunday morning's a good start, but it is certainly not even close to enough. Not even close. Just the tip of the iceberg. What are you investing in? Grow, don't keep status quo. What can you change? If, if you're not going to stay status quo, you have to do something different, right? So what can you do to change the status quo in order to start cultivating Start investing in the root structure of God. And for all of us, it's going to be different. But what can you start doing this week to do that? To invest in those things in your spiritual life. Let's pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to worship you today. God, today is a tougher message because it deals with so deeply with us. And our stuff as people. Pray that you would help us to invest in things that are going to build the root structure that you want us to build. So that good times are bad and everything in between. We are standing strong and we are producing fruit. I pray that good fruit is produced in our own lives and I pray that fruit is produced toward other people because of our lives. Help us, Lord, to connect with you, to grow with you in the ways that you want us to. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.